right, everybody, welcome back to another very fun edition of Stick a Fork in It. Today we have a really exciting guest. Her name is Mary Ann Renfro. Mary Ann is uh, a fellow Pinellas County resident like myself, and so we'll get into some of the best places to do things and be in, in Pinellas Eat. County. Eat, of course, of course. Um, but uh, let's just start with introductions. Mary Ann, tell us a little bit about who yeah. you are and how, uh, how you came to know Feeding Tampa Bay. Um, I'm, as you said, a resident of Pinellas County, and until the beginning of this year, um, my husband and I um, were part of a family ownership for a hotel property on St. Pete Beach. Love St. Pete Beach. And uh, we came to know Feeding Tampa Bay um, during COVID last year because we found ourselves in the unfortunate position of having to shut down our business um, and subsequently... um, lay off all of our employees. We had about 55 employees at the time. And um, being a a small business and being a family-run business, our employees were like our family. So it really hit us personally because we knew what the impact of that would be for them and their families. And uh, I'm a member of the board, uh, or was a member of the board of uh, directors for the Tampa Bay Beaches Chamber of Commerce. And um, Robin Miller, who's uh, the uh, head of that organization reached out to us and let us know that um, we had the opportunity to partner with Feeding Tampa Bay uh, because we were not just the only hotel property that had to lay off employees and shut down. Uh, We had the trade winds next door with over a thousand employees. We had the Serrata. We had, you know, um, multiple businesses uh, in Pinellas County shut down. And so um, we became aware that Feeding Tampa Bay uh, had the ability to come in and do mobile food pantries. And um, being a larger property, the Tradewinds had volunteered um, their actual physical property um, as a distribution site for these uh, mobile um, food pantries. And uh, I immediately volunteered um, because I felt so helpless at the time uh, to help physically distribute the food. And so I got to you know, meet a lot of uh, the great uh, volunteers and employees of Feeding Tampa Bay through that. And um, I got to work with other uh, people in the hospitality industry who you know, came forward to volunteer as well and you know, actually got to interact with a lot of people that I personally know that work at, you know, multiple properties and just, you know, needed some support for their family during this time. And uh, I felt it was a great opportunity for me to make them feel comfortable because a lot of them had found themselves in a position that they never thought that they would be in to ask for help. And I think that's, you know, one of the great things about Feeding Tampa Bay is it's a no judgment zone. Um, If you say you need help, they're there for you so um yeah and i was really proud of that uh, for sure and i'll I'll tell you one of my you know there there was a lot of good and a lot Mm -hmm. of bad you know in Mm -hmm. in the last two years and working through everything that's going on with covid but one of the things that really jumped out to me that meant a, a lot was to see the care and concern that that you and other business owners had for your employee family and um you know when when you guys reached out to us and said 
is there anything we can do? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we were more than happy to respond. It became a really, really fun event. Um, it was not difficult to convince our team members to go over and volunteer over on St. Pete Beach. <laughs> you know, yeah. it, it was not one where we struggled to get signups. Um, I think some people tacked it onto the end of their day on purpose. <laughs> um, and and certainly, it, for an organization that has employees you know, spread out all over the Tampa Bay area. It was a really neat way for some of them to get to know St. Pete Beach. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, obviously far more important uh, to be able to take care of the folks in our community who really needed us in that moment. I, I also want to go to something you just said, um, that there were a lot of people who never expected to be in that place where they needed assistance. And that's such an important point to me. I think the number one realization for people who maybe didn't know a ton about feeding Tampa Bay or didn't have a really deep and nuanced understanding of food insecurity and what that looks like. Um, you know, pre-pandemic, I think a lot of people thought if you needed food assistance, you were in serious need of everything and always were and were, you know, people in deep poverty and kind of a stereotypical perception. And the pandemic has done a fantastic job of showing to people that food insecurity is not a constant thing. It is something that people fall in and out of from time to time. And there are all sorts of circumstances where people who are otherwise, you know, perfectly capable of meeting their own economic needs have a moment of need. And, and, um, I, I really applaud you and your, your partners for recognizing that for, coming up with a solution for joining in with us for being there all the time and um i I would just love to hear a little more about kind of what that experience felt like for you to be there helping distribute the food uh it was humbling um and i think one of the things that i've took away from it in such a negative time in our country is such a positive feeling because even though um you know, those that were coming through the, the food line in the mobile pantry, um, you know, were going through a bad time. They, too, you know, were positive and wanted, you know, I had a lot of comments of people, uh, you know, thank you so much. How can I, you know, volunteer or support this mm-hmm. for other people? Um, we, you know, um, I just was, you know, touched by seeing uh, employees giving other employees who depend on public transportation rides to the mobile food pantry because they, at the time, um, were not coming into work every day uh, because there was no work. um, And and they were, you know, carpooling them so that they had the same opportunity to get something for their family as well. And, And I think it kind of also stimulated, I participated in a, in a dinner, um, uh, that, um, a, a, a small, really, really small business owner in St. Pete, uh, put together for our employees, um, down in South St. Pete. And I think it, it just kind of, um, you know, stimulated these pe- other people to think about ways that they could support each other because um, we were all in it together. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, you know, unfortunately, some people were, you know, impacted much harder than others. So, Well, I have to say I was so moved. Um, you know, throughout Tampa Bay, communities rallied together. But being over there 
and meeting some of the residents and some of the people that were out of work, there was a young woman that owned a shuttle. Mm -hmm. um, and she was running around and using her shuttle to pick people up who couldn't make it to the pantry. So she was using her tools to help how she could and also utilizing the pantry. It's just everyone rallied together like just a family through that stretch of community and it was just amazing and uplifting and moving and so much of that like we're saying happened throughout the pandemic so with the bad became the good which i think is always the case really oh definitely really yeah. uh, there was a woman who i personally know who you know during good times worked at uh you know a um, restaurant right near our property and she came through the line and said um i'm okay right now but i have some elderly neighbors and i want to know if I can pick something up for them. So she, yeah. you know, was making the drive for them to get support for them and bring it back to them. Yeah, It really did bring out the best in people. It did. You know, mm -hmm. I, I think that's one of those things that I will always remember about the last two years is just to see how our community cared for one another. Um, it's one of those things I don't want to see fade away yeah. as, as things return to normal. Mm -hmm. um, so before we get too far away from St. Pete Beach in the hotel. I would love to hear, um, you know, for, for many folks, they've probably heard of Clearwater Beach. They've heard of St. Petersburg. Um, and they may have seen pictures of St. Pete Beach because it's a gorgeous place. Probably the Don Cesar, maybe some other places. Mm -hmm. Tell us a little bit about the, the community of St. Pete Beach. Uh, well, St. Pete Beach is, um, it's a really tight-knit community. There's a lot of people um, who are residents there and they're generational um, and um, you know we know each other's business but we also know that we're there for each other as right. well so uh, we have we have a running joke that uh, one of the restaurants is city hall south <laughs> <laughs> if you don't want something heard don't go sit in That's there right. and right? say it in the booth while you're eating with uh, but um, it, it's it's a really tight-knit community I mean um, we have um, you know everybody in the fire department knows all the residents and um, we did you know have our own police department up until um, a few years ago and you know the sheriff's department came in and and they just uh, didn't miss a beat in you know um, becoming a part of the community and and uh, becoming endeared to the residents as as our own personal police department had previously been. Um, St. Pete Beach is the number one beach in the country until TripAdvisor chooses the next beach <laughs> for 2022. And um, it's really obvious why, because it's a, it's a really more family-friendly yeah. um, atmosphere. Uh, it, it was named a few years ago the number one place by Parenting Magazine. And, yeah. you know, we proudly carry that title. <laughs> as you should. So. Well, and I can tell you, as a parent, I significantly prefer going to St. Pete Beach over some other beach options in the area because of the ease of access, because of the things to do, because of the, yeah. just the, it, it is, it does feel like a family destination and not necessarily a party vacation, you know, spring break kind of spot. It is, it has a different vibe to it that is really fantastic. You know, there's a, 
I'm not going to give away the exact spot, but there's a fishing spot down there. <laughs> that, that I'll pay my, you money. <laughs> <laughs> that my family and I love because you can literally park, uh, if you can parallel park, you can park on the street right in front of it, hop the seawall and be right there um, on the intercoastal throwing, throwing some uh, lines out in the water. And then when you're ready, you just it's a six-block walk over to a great on the beach breakfast place and there's you know you got the hurricane right down there and pass grill and all sorts of awesome places so other than your hotel tell me about you know maybe what's what's a favorite place if it's not city hall south some other favorite place for you to eat or uh, just spend some time down there well it's one of our longtime favorite places and also kind of a ritualistic reward for myself after I work out. But my husband and I love going to the seahorse on Paso Grill. Mm. Um, it's one of life's simple pleasures. It's, you know, it's been there for decades. Um, it was uh, family owned. Um, and recently the, the ownership after having gone through COVID um, was they they're older now and they're really burned out and they were struggling with what they were going to do with their business and some uh, former employees came forward and uh, proposed that they manage the business for them um, which wow. they did and were able to keep the restaurant open so we're we were so <laughs> elated because they were closed for a couple of weeks and you know everybody who knows of the seahorse we were just going through withdrawal. It was like, no, say it ain't so. Um, but you know, you can have breakfast anytime. They, you know, open. Uh, they're closed on Tuesdays, and and they're open from eight in the morning till two thirty in the afternoon. And they serve a great lunch as well. And um, my favorite there is their shrimp and Cajun grits. Ooh, that <laughs> sounds yum. Right. That sounds right. So the the other. Uh, kind of classic Pinellas County Beaches meal is a grouper sandwich. Mm -hmm. Do you do you have a favorite, or are you, uh, you know, is, is that one of your favorites? I guess. Yeah, I, I was going to say, first. do you like a grouper sandwich? Well, mm -hmm. I do like grouper sandwiches, um, and I, um, I've, I've tried them at multi a, a multitude of restaurants on St. Pete Beach as well as around Pinellas County um, and I think it, I don't think it would be fair of me to single out any one particular restaurant um, because I like the different spins that the yeah. restaurants put on it so it, you really can't compare apples mood. to apples. It's a mood. Yeah, because yeah, you, you, know, you have your yeah. grouper Rubens, you have yeah. your Caribbean grouper sandwiches. You yeah, break it down into subcategories. That's yeah. exactly. Blackened. Yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah blackened. Yeah. Blackened. Yeah. Always in the mood for blackened. Yeah. Yeah. It, and this is not a uh, not a St. Pete Beach location, but it is a Pinellas County Beaches location. The the Caribbean grouper sandwich at Frenchie's is like oh, just geez. something I've enjoyed since yeah. I was in probably middle school you know it's one of those i, I love uh, but there you're right there are so many places that make great grouper sandwiches you just can't go wrong ordering that well and if if you don't have to necessarily sit in a restaurant um think outside the box because ward seafood in clearwater has an yes. off the chain grouper sandwich mm -hmm. as well and it's made right there while you're standing there <laughs> <laughs> yum and that's the best kind 
The Humana Foundation and Feeding Tampa Bay work together to address food insecurity. Our goals are to strategically bring about healthy outcomes and create meaningful, sustainable change for our neighbors throughout the 10-county region that we serve. Learn more about it at feedingtampabay.org slash programs. So we're on food topic. So we always ask from a personal standpoint, what is your go-to favorite craving dish? Like if you want something yum, comfort food, what do you want? Well, uh, I grew up in a household um, where even though my mother's Irish, my father's Sicilian, and uh, I was never more than two steps away from a comforting plate of pasta. <laughs> and um, my mother wasn't such a great cook, but my father was. So I actually learned from a man how to cook right. um, from my dad and my grandfather. And uh, I have lots of memories associated with different dishes. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm always excited to try new dishes. But um, I always come back to certain dishes that... Um, I fondly remember, and one of them is pasta with broccoli. Mm. Uh, it's a really simple dish. Yes. Um, another one is pasta with peas and um, pancetta. Uh, mm-hmm. And I actually did teach my husband how to make that. It took me years, <laughs> but I think he's got the formula down right. Nice. That's important for days where you don't want to make it, and you're like, I need you to be able to do this well because I want it. <laughs> yeah, and there, I mean, I love putting different spins to it, you know, throwing in sausage or chicken or whatever, and mm-hmm. um, trying to adapt it for my vegan friends or vegetarian friends is fun, too. Mm-hmm. Yes. I yeah. love pasta and broccoli. Yeah. <laughs> Yum. So you you alluded to family recipes. So what is your favorite memory around the table? Uh, I think it, it's not so much around the table. It's around the stove. In the kitchen. <laughs> um, uh, when my grandfather was uh, living back in New York still at the time, and uh, he, he would come down by train with my great uncle, and um, they would hang out in the kitchen and I would put my apron on and become the apprentice, and uh, we'd put up a pot of chicken cacciatore, or we'd put up the quote-unquote gravy for Sunday with every meat known to man in it, Um, and there'd be, you know, 10 courses, and then my grandfather would want to order pizza afterwards. (laughs) So That's fantastic. So have you passed that on to your children and grandchildren, bringing them in? Well, I have... I I always say I have one daughter and then I have my husband. So that's the extent of my children and three chihuahuas. But uh, actually, uh, my daughter uh, really did not take to cooking. And I didn't push it on her because I know that that's my passion. And I, you know, didn't want to make it hers. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Uh, I wanted her to feel the passion for it. So, But uh, she has three small children of her own now and uh, she's starting to venture into to cooking so uh, I got so excited when she told me I sent her a ninja instapot <laughs> so she could you know work on some things while while they were all at work and the kids were at school so well it's so funny how that comes back around right you know yeah. you you might not love the the process when you're younger but you certainly love the result and <laughs> and enjoy the food and so then you know you you kind of come around to actually the the process of cooking is kind of a fun way to to be together as family it's kind of a fun way to you know 
carry traditions on through the family, all of those kind of things. And becomes kind of zen when you have your kid as your kids get older and can appreciate things. Well, and I, I always think that food is an expression Mm -hmm. and it's a way to show care for people. And it's an, it can be an emotion. Um, uh, and I think that's, what's always drawn me to it. Um, it's, my family says, oh, you're the best cook in the whole family. Uh, but I, I feel that, um, you know, it, it's, some, it's something that I put myself into to show them how much I love and care about yes. them. The same for my friends. Um, and um, I, I love giving them the gifts of all the different tastes that I can create um, uh, just because I care for them, yeah. uh, I always think of the wa- the movie uh, like Water for Chocolate, where you know it the the chocolate infuses with her passion and her love, mm-hmm. um, and and I say how appropriate that that's so true. I mean, uh, people gather f- for a meal to to celebrate good times and uh, to mourn bad yeah. times. So. Yeah. Or for comfort. Yeah. Like your kids or your family when they need yes. comfort. They, Mom. Definitely. Can you make? Or mom. <laughs> you yes. <know? laughs> and so it's, it's, and we can say that also for those that are in our care mm-hmm. at Feeding Tampa Bay, making sure that they have a variety of foods or culturally uh, appropriate foods, um, you know, to go in the, in the boxes, in the bags, so they too can have that on their table, which is why I love working here because yeah. we, we are that thoughtful in what we do. That's right. We absolutely. And, you know, you, you hit on a point that I, I would guess, I've never been fortunate enough to be a guest at your hotel, but, um, you know, you talk about how you infuse cooking with love and passion and, and personality, but um, I would guess that running a family business is much the same. So tell me what it's like just kind of on a, on a day-to-day basis to run a hotel. Well, we're very fortunate um, in that um, we have an awesome or had an awesome team of uh, employees. And, um, you know, they really were our business. Uh, they were the face of our business. Um, I did grow up uh, when I was a teen working in the hospitality industry. And when we were first married, uh, I was in management um, in St. on St. Pete Beach and then at a property in Tampa. So I have some operational experience, but um, I really was the face of our business. They were the people that kept our, our guests coming back. They were the people um, that won us acc- accolades and you know great reviews because they were the ones directly interacting with the guests, meeting their needs, and, and create, helping them to create those memories that kept those families coming back year after year. Mm-hmm. And our guests formed relationships with our employees because we had so many long-term employees. And um, you know we had generational guests as well, and um, and they you know had a relationship with our employees as much as we did. So um, it was it, it was some it's something really great to see, um, uh, and and to know that that you've you know had such a positive um, place in people's memories. Uh, we you know, had an anniversary party a few years ago for the 50th anniversary of the family owning the hotel. And this young man came up to me with his wife and he had an infant in his hand. And he, he told me the story of how he used to come and vacation with his very small boy at the Alden. And he was so elated um, that he now had the opportunity to bring his 
child who was fairly newborn at the time. Mm -hmm. and, he, and then he proudly looked at me and said, and his middle name is Alden. Oh, wow. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> and I was, you know, of course, I became a crying mess afterwards. Right. It, it was just very, very touching. Mm -hmm. so, yeah, it's a gift. Yeah. Well, and that, you know, it really shows how uh, a business run with love and with care and who treat people with dignity and give them a great experience can become a community. Mm -hmm. And, you know, one of the other things that, that you've been involved with over the years that I think is an, an awesome part of our, especially our beaches community, is Tampa Bay Watch. Mm. Uh, one of my favorite nonprofits, probably the most beautiful nonprofit facility that is in existence, <laughs> you know. Not a bad uh, place to work. No, definitely not. It's uh, If you've never been there, it's it's down uh, in, in the southern tip of the county, out on a peninsula, um, just gorgeous views in all directions, and uh, and they do great work. So tell us a little bit about your your role there and, and why Tampa Bay Watch. What was it that, that drew you to working with them? Well, it's... What drew me to working with them was the fact that um, I recognized that the impact that organization has had on the health of Tampa Bay. And um, I came here when I was three years old with my family uh, in 1963 from New York. We, you know, were in the Bronx, <laughs> and um, my family, um, my parents decided to move here um, because my mom's parents did and they just felt it was a better opportunity to raise us here rather than stay stay in that uh, community at the time and um, <laughs> I remember uh, when we were probably about se seven my sister I have a twin sister and, and um, we were the oldest and then I have a sister you're younger um, and the uh, the others were not yet able to strap on sneakers but my dad would put us in the station wagon and take us down uh, to uh, the causeway um, at the old Skyway Bridge and we would put our old sneakers on and all head out into the water and go clamming because mm, yeah. it was weekend the weekend and he wanted you know spaghetti with clam sauce <laughs> <laughs> well at that time you could put your hand under the surface of the water and not even see your hand right. uh, but we didn't know any different. My parents didn't because, you know, they came from the Bronx, which was... You tell me there, the East there was, <laughs> the East River was, you know... <laughs> not clear all the way not down. Not sustaining yeah. much life at the time. Uh, but I, over, over the years, I, you know, became a teenager. Uh, of course, your life is at the beach when you're, when you're growing up in southern Pinellas County. You're never far from a trip to the beach and always on the water and dating boys with boats and <laughs> um, going out on the water. And, and I could see the gradual change in the quality of the water, um, probably uh, in my early 20s, mid-20s, I started seeing people really becoming concerned um, and recognizing the fact that, you know, we all played a part yeah. in the deterioration of this beautiful estuary. Um, and so uh, I uh, had started out with another nonprofit, um, supporting them with whatever I could. Um, and then uh, I came to Tampa Bay Watch and started learning about all of the different programs that they had uh, to uh, improve water quality uh, and uh, restore shorelines that had eroded uh, and you know become a voice at the table 
um, to help stop, you know, just uh, unchecked dumping of sewage into the bay and um, the overuse of fertilizers, uh, which, you know, end up running off into the bay. Um, and I was asked if I wanted to be on the advisory board. Um, uh, and I said, sure. <laughs> and that transitioned me into becoming a board member. Um, and I uh, am so grateful to this organization because um, even though their staff is not as great as the, the projects and, and, um, th and opportunities that they create to help um, clean the bay and preserve and protect it, they have a huge outreach with volunteers. Yeah. You know, we we partner with other organizations like the Tampa Bay Estuary Program or Florida Fish and Wildlife or Swift Mud. You know, mul a multitude of different proper uh, uh, partners to work on different projects around the bay because it all ends up improving the water quality. Uh, we we work on projects up in Old Tampa Bay, up at you know the head of the bay where the waters drain down from different rivers mm -hmm. and and mm -hmm. watershed areas into the bay and it's just as important to focus on them as it is out towards the mouth of the bay towards the beach areas and um you know i i always say that um i am so grateful to have an organization like tampa bay watch um in our community because if it was not for them and other similar environmental organizations, um, we would not be able to enjoy the quality of life yeah. or the economy that we have here in the Tampa Bay area. We would not be the place where people from around the world want to come and just get a taste on vacation of the life we get to live every day. And I think, uh, you know, that's. Um, during the time of COVID, everybody's uh, saying that, uh, oh, we've got too many people from out of town moving here. Well, the reason they're moving here is they've realigned their priorities and recognized what makes really a quality of life. And it's not a rat race um, <laughs> right. or a concrete jungle. It's being able to live a better life in an area like Pinellas County or one of the surrounding counties in Tampa mm -hmm. Bay. This podcast was made possible by the innovative thinking and the funding of Feeding America, a nationwide network of more than 200 food banks that feed more than 46 million people through food pantries, soup kitchens, shelters, and other community-based agencies. You said something earlier when you were talking about volunteering with us, about how you really wanted to do something. You want to get your hands on the food and hand it out to people. And uh, I think it's one of the reasons why our volunteer experience is so beloved and so special. And I, I think the exact same is true with Tampa Bay Watch. It's not mm -hmm. just uh, advocacy organization, though it is an advocacy organization. It's not just mm -hmm. an education organization, mm -hmm. though it is that too. You can go out and build oyster beds. You can plant seagrass. Mm -hmm. You can really get your hands on and personally make a difference mm -hmm. in improving our environment and in taking care of the natural gifts that we have here in, in Tampa Bay. Um, and, and to me, it's the, the flip side of the coin to what we do, right? We're hands-on and taking care of the people of mm -hmm. Tampa Bay in, in much the same way.
-hmm. Well, and, and I always uh, equate it, <laughs> the other organization that I support, we, we talk about, you know, the health of Tampa Bay. Well, the health of Tampa yes. Bay goes to the people of Tampa Bay, but it also goes to the environment of Tampa Bay. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, they, you know, they can be joined together mm -hmm. um, and supported in a, in a large way uh, without taking away from either one of them. Mm -hmm. um, so that, that opportunity is really special to me. It's a way for me to show my gratitude and recognize how fortunate we have been, my family has been, um, to have called this home and never have, I, I mean, most people go on vacation and they, you know, if they're on the plane home, you know, oh, my vacation's over and I gotta go back home. And Gary and I <laughs> all the time say, you know, hey, we're one of those idiots with a stupid smile on our face on the plane coming home because we get to come back here. Yeah, it's like, you know, we're just so lucky. Um, and, and, you know, I always say that I am a reflection of the wonderful life that I've been able to live to this point, and it's because of the community that I live in, the people I meet, the friends I have, um, and and you know who couldn't be so grateful for something like that? Yeah, no doubt, no yeah. doubt. So there's another exciting thing coming up. This uh, I think this podcast will be released the first week of November. It's yep. a big week for us at Feeding yes. Tampa Bay, and I know you're excited to be a part of that as well. Um, you know, we have uh, the upcoming launch of Feeding Pinellas. Yes. So uh, tell us a little bit about you know, what, you, what you've heard about what we're doing over there and maybe you know, your excitement for being part of it. Well, I'm thrilled because I know that there's a lot of great smaller organizations uh, who have the bandwidth for distribution but don't have the resources to distribute. And having worked with um, another organization that uses that bandwidth to accomplish big things, uh, Tampa Bay Watch with its volunteers and partners. I'm excited for the opportunity uh, for both feeding Tampa Bay and for the organizations in Pinellas County, yeah. several of whom I'm already familiar with and have supported or worked with, um, because uh, I think that there's a need in our county um, for this type of support, for there's a lot of residents with food insecurity, um, and like you said before, it it isn't something that's always constant uh, in some cases. But um, you want to know that if the need arises, that um, they are taken care of. It's you know how can how can you focus forward if you're being held back. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, um, yeah. I'm, I'm really excited for it because, you know, I, I grew up in Pinellas County. I love Pinellas County. I still call it home. And uh, we've been serving Pinellas County for 40 years. Mm -hmm. but the opportunity to build our first empowerment center mm -hmm. in mm -hmm. the heart of, of Pinellas County to be able to invite those smaller partner agencies to come in and be part of our world is just it's going to be such a game changer. It's it, it really mm -hmm. is exciting because um you know, we, we're going to have a Trinity Cafe that's right there at the heart of all of it. And so those folks who just need a free meal, you know, need mm -hmm. to be able to take their family to dinner and not have to worry about cooking for an evening or for a whole week or, or as long as they need, you know, we will, we will be serving dinner over there five days a week. And then 
to be able to wrap that with all sorts of other opportunities and services and partnerships and uh, to give the organizations who are so good at, at, at what they do an opportunity to come and join us because we know food draws people in. I mean, you, you saw how many people mm-hmm. came out to the distributions we did together. Food is the number one draw for, for someone to engage with the social services world. And so if we can partner that marry it with other organizations who provide other services, mm-hmm. it just makes things so much better for the folks that we serve. They don't have to go from appointment to appointment and, you know, catch a bus from here and then go over there and then go to the next place. And, um, I think the potential is just incredible. And the most important thing for us is that the community adopts it, you know, that, that the community really joins in, that it, it's a facility and a, and a service model that feels like it's of the community um, and, and meets the needs. And, and having people like you who grew up in Pinellas County be involved from day one is just so important to us. Well, I, I think that you'll probably be overwhelmed um, by the number of Pinellas County residents who will step forward to volunteer in some way to help support you and um, support the events that you create with your partners. Um, We have an awesome group of tenacious retirees uh, uh, and they're much younger than the ones up north because we can be active 12 months a year. So, uh, but um, Lots of uh, veterans um, who are retired from the military um, and and other people who are are active and um, would love to come out and participate in some way. Um, uh, I think one of the things that makes your life rich is having a purpose, and I think this provides a purpose for them. Uh, And it's something tangible that they um, know what the results of of their donation of time, which in in my mind, sometimes time is even more valuable sure. than yes. money. I totally agree. Yes. Uh, because you can, you know, have all the funding in the world, but if you don't have the time from these people to help make it happen, it doesn't. Yeah. Um, and I also wanted to touch on the fact that um, I am excited that you're coming into Pinellas County because. I have seen um, the quality of the support that you provide, the actual food product to people. Um, in um, like two, 2006 to probably about 2008 or nine, I worked um, uh, with a program funded by the New York Roadrunners and took it to Academy Prep in Tampa and St. Pete. And I, I saw the quote-unquote government lunches that they were providing these Title I schools. There was not one ounce of nutritious food on those platters. And these were growing kids. Their brains needed nutrition. um, Their bodies needed energy. And they were getting junk. Um, It was just filler, just to to fill their stomachs. And, and, And I saw you know, in the distribution and, and, uh, and, um, and not just on St. Pete Beach, but I, you know, over at Tropicana Field and then um, with some of your other partners that you didn't dis- directly distribute but provided food for, mm-hmm. you know, vegetables, mm-hmm. sometimes dairy, bread. Um, yeah. Meats and protein. Sometimes yep, meats. Protein. Yep, and 
and of course, you know, sometimes there's donuts, but <laughs> everybody needs a little right. splurge. Yeah, sometimes we need a little splurge, right. but you know, it 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 made me really excited uh, because we weren't just you know getting rid of somebody else's trash or somebody else's discarded items um, to give these people. This this was you know a, a quality grocery bag full of yes. of food for them to take home and make something good for their families. Right. And something that makes sense. Right. Our volunteers pack boxes and it makes sense. They're yes. meals. So yes. We've come a long way in yeah. hunger relief. Yeah. <laughs> a long sure. and very thoughtful way. Yeah, I, I don't know whether this is still the case or not, but at one point uh, in school lunches, french fries actually counted as two vegetables if they came <laughs> if they came with ketchup um and so yeah the the standards have, have not always been fantastic and that's something we we keep a, a pretty intentional focus on here mm-hmm. we call it foods to encourage to make mm-hmm. sure that the type of food that we distribute is is not only the things we'd want on our plate and the little bonuses here and there like donuts mm-hmm. but but also the types of things that build a healthy community yeah. because that's really the outcome for us you know we food is our resource food is the thing that we can get and we can distribute and make sure people have on their plate and in their home but but the why really comes down to being able to live a healthy life and enjoy the the beautiful nature we have here and the the opportunities of this community and so i i love that you brought that up because it is really important to us it is, and that in the nutrition education, we work yeah. very hard, mm-hmm. you know. In some of those lines, we get food like, um, for instance, butternut squash. Some people wouldn't know how to, you know, put a recipe together. And, you know, Ev actually works with our team, so we send out videos mm-hmm. via text so you know how to make that butternut squash at your home. And it's just really important you just to be able to create. butter and brown sugar, right? <laughs> <laughs> Yes. Again, going back to that sweetness. Yeah. <laughs> um, Maybe I should pick another vegetable. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> French fries. That's a nice fall veg. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, it's all very important to yeah. us. And we put a lot of effort into making sure people are nutritious and healthy in their eating. Mm-hmm. Well, and, it, and another thing, you know, I was talking about the number of retirees in Pinellas County. Um, it's not just all young people and families that are food insecure. Yeah, a lot There's of a lot of seniors. There is. Um, and, you know, that plays into their health, obviously. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, you know, having to decide whether they're going to go to the grocery store or get the medicine that they need to live on uh, or, you know, even, you know, sup- support their pet, um, it's, you know, something that really hits home with me. Um, and I have, you know, there's an organization in Gulfport that does a lot of senior support. Yeah. And... Uh, since I my first home when we moved here was in Gulfport, I I'm never more than a short drive away from there. But um, I'm excited because I can see that there will be support uh, for that small organization yes. as well. And I I hope that um, it will make it easier for other communities to create similar s- small distribution organizations for the seniors in their community as well. Yeah, that's it's a great example of where 
you know, people closest to the problem generally have the best solutions. And, and our goal is to enable those solutions, right? Mm -hmm. To be there mm -hmm. for the community to say, okay, tell us what we need, you know, tell us what we need to do and how we can best do it together. Mm -hmm. um, and I, I love that we're headed in that direction more than we already were with feeding Pinellas. You know, it's, it's just going to be a great opportunity for the community. It's, it's a win-win and I'm, I'm looking forward, uh, to reaching out to all the people I know in the different uh, communities around Pinellas County uh, to become involved in some way with uh, the new facility um, and or take it back to their community yeah. Uh, yeah. partner and take it back to their community. Well, we're excited to see you have a regular face at Feeding Pinellas and with us at Feeding Tampa Bay. And we thank you so much for taking the time to join us and uh, maybe come back again once we all get settled into Feeding Pinellas and uh, give an update here at Stick a Fork in it. Thank you so much, Marianne. Thank yes. you so much for having me. And thank you again for everything that Feeding Tampa Bay does um, to support all of the people around Tampa Bay. Thank you. Thank you. It is our privilege. You can learn more about Feeding Tampa Bay and how to join the movement at feedingtampabay.org. You can also follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, LinkedIn, and YouTube at Feeding Tampa Bay.